Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the full 10 Yards podcast where every single yard counts. Thank you all for joining us on this fine Saturday. Hope you've all been out, perhaps enjoyed some fireworks. We've got some more fireworks and encore, if you like, here on today's Britball podcast. Uniball season is, of course, right here, but slap bang in front of us. So on today's podcast, we're going to give you a bit of an introduction to the Uniball game. It's certainly something that I've uh, not gotten too deep into. So maybe there's some people out there as well that are in a similar situation to me. But uh, if, if, if uh, like me, you enjoyed the Britball season, and this is, and I'm sure there's plenty of you out there that did. Uh, maybe you're not quite sure what goes on in the Uniball game. Maybe you're not sure kind of how it all works. We're going to break that down for you on today's podcast. But to help me to do that, to help me discuss the X's and O's of the Uniball game, we have head coach of the Durham Saints, Jonathan Rooney. Uh, John, welcome you in. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, you're very, very welcome indeed. Um, yeah, so before we get into the, into the crux of the Uniball game and, and all, all of its delights, just tell us a bit about you. Obviously, you're head coach of the Durham Saints, you, you of course, tasted victory just uh, a few seasons ago, 2017-2018. Yeah, um, so I've been the head coach at, at Durham for, uh, this is the fifth season now, um, and we, you know, we, we have enjoyed a, a good range of success. We've been fight, losing finalists, winning finalists. I think we've just about lost at every single round of the playoffs. Quarterfinals, <laughs> um, semifinals, finals, and, and actually not losing as well. So it's been quite an interesting ride. Um, absolutely thrilled to be coming back for another year. It's a very exciting competition that just keeps getting better and better. Overall, I've been... Uh, Involved in Uniball coaching since 2004. Uh, that was my senior year for the Newcastle Raiders, but I started coaching as a player. And um, yeah, I was there for about 10 years with, with Coach Johnson. And I've coached at Northumbria as well, briefly. And now at Durham Saints. Mm, absolutely. And what? what uh, just a quick word, a quick brief word on what kind of what got you into American football? Because obviously um, everyone kind of gets into the game a, a lot different. I mean, some people... Uh, funnily enough, I actually saw my first taste of NFL action at a university when I was just in the in the cafe, and it was on uh, in the telly. But how did uh, how did you grace the uh, great game? Yeah, I've got a fairly unique one. So one of my best friends when I was younger, um, uh, Michael Hoy, is a, a local sort of uh, counselor at the moment. He um, his dad played, and we were two young lads um, looking for pocket money, so we used to hold the chains. Oh, nice. And, um, his dad played for a team called the St. Helens Cardinals that don't exist anymore. Um, I was playing a lot of rugby league at the time, um, but watching these games over and over, uh, when I turned 16, I went and knocked on my friend's door, uh, asked to see his dad and uh, got sent to the Lancashire Wolverines, which was the closest team at the time. Mm. And uh, just, I don't know, uh, I, I, I guess that watching the game from the line of scrimmage hundred times before playing it had some sort of um you know subconscious impact mm-hmm. because it kind of felt absolutely natural yeah. um I, I played a lot of rugby league and you had the physicality but I, I was looking for something a bit more mentally stimulating mm-hmm. and when i found this and the sort of mix between chess and rugby was uh, absolutely perfect for me. Mm, no, absolutely, yeah. Certainly, uh, one of the elements I enjoy is the is the chess side of things. Um, very much why I'm looking forward to the Patriots uh, Ravens game this Sunday. But uh, enough about the NFL. We're here to talk about Bribble. So let's uh, let's coach. Uh, let, let's start right from the beginning. Pretend I know nothing about Uniball, which is technically true, but no one needs to know that. That's just a secret between me and you. Uh, but <laughs> no doubt there will be people out there that, um, like I say, will be 
fascinated by what went on in Britball and uh, you know the, the Britball finals between Tamworth and maybe they caught that on the, on the BBC stream and we get to that also a bit later as well. But maybe uh, start start from the beginning. Tell us a bit about Uni League, uh, Uni Ball League at, at a high level. Uh, I, I suppose I can start off with the the stupid question: you know, what what makes a player eligible for a team? Is it just a case that they they study at the university? Yeah, essentially. Um... To participate in any book sport, um, books is an acronym I use a lot, which is the British University Championship yeah. System, mm-hmm. and um, they essentially are like the NCAA. They they set the rules for all sports in universities, and there are about fifty four eligible sports. Um, to be to play a book sport, you have to be at an institution. You're only allowed to represent a single institution. So, if you are at a local college that maybe gets its degree from somewhere else. Usually it doesn't count. You have to be at the actual university and you have to be studying 60 credits a year. So that takes us down to kind of a 50% part-time student. If you were doing one module a year, maybe getting a bachelor's degree in nine years or something through your work, it wouldn't be enough. Right. But if you were doing 60 credits a year, you would be eligible. Okay, right. And I say, looking at the uh, not just the fixtures, but say the the way the divisions are set up and how they will split up. Obviously, there's there's a hell of a lot of divisions, hell of a lot of teams as well. Just maybe want to uh, a, a quick overview on how that how that kind of funnels through to maybe playoffs and finals and and how the division system yeah, works. Absolutely, it's it's, it's fortunately um, for the fans out there, it's very similar to to senior league. Um, there is a Premiership Division One and a Division Two. Books goes a little bit further than Baffa does in classifying them. Um, it considers the Premiership and uh, Division One um, truly sort of competitive leagues, where there is a certain standard of play that is mandatory, and a certain rules can be applied. Right. It's like posts being mandatory, um, and in Division Two, it is officially classified as a participation league which has some different knock-on effects and generally make it easier to play. So, for instance, BAFA has a very rigorous association process. Um, To join the league, you have to convince a panel over a series of games that you're fit and viable. But because Books wants university students to play sport of any and all type because it sees the value of sport, they essentially let any university join if they're willing to put their name to a team. Yeah. Um, so if your athletic union will pay the £107, I think it is this year, to enter a books team, you've got a team. Right. Um, you know, so we've seen this year powerhouses like Nottingham and University of West England have entered second teams because they feel they have enough players. They don't need to prove that they can run a second team. The fact that the University of Nottingham and the University of West England will put their name to it is proof enough. Mm-hmm. And so we let them play because, like we say, at Division 2, the real focus is on getting more people to play the sport. Sure. And, uh, yeah, funny enough, you say, you mentioned that because, obviously, I, I played for the Kings, uh, for the Dunfermline Kings some, some part this year. Uh, and they had a, a game, well, I suppose a game before it got cancelled, against uh, the Aberdeen Bulls, who were going through the university equivalent of the associate process. So it's quite interesting to, to kind of see the differences in terms of, you know, Dunfermline are having to jump through so many hoops just to, to kind of get into the league, whereas, you know, Aber- uh, Aberdeen have just, like, you know, 
put your name down and, and away you go. How, do, how does that kind of sit with you in, a, in the sense that obviously you are you have exposure to both both Baffer uh, in Britball during the summer and during the winter. Obviously, the differences and uh, the discrepancies between the two processes. Does 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 the teams that are in the participation leagues is that something that bothers you? Because I know I know that some people I've seen about make some comments about um, you know the, the participation leagues. How, how does that kind of sit with you? The process for the university. It's really tough because first and foremost, I know loads of fantastic players in Division Two. Um, and loads of fantastic coaches in Division 2 and loads of fantastic programs in Division 2 that don't see it as participation. Yeah. Um, they've got the stuff together. Maybe they're a small university and they just don't have people to pick from. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're a university that's just a rugby powerhouse and they can't get anyone to play. Yeah. There's a f- loads of different factors. Some some universities are just lights out academically and it's difficult to get people to play American football. Yeah. So... It, it, it's just a classification that lowers the entry limit. It's not anything to disparage them. Right. Um, I think that I, I actually work full-time in, in Durham University and get to see the inner sort of uh, workings of an athletic union. If the athletic union will put your name down, you pretty much must have convinced them in some way. Right, okay. You must, you know, you must have 20, like, our athletic union... Um, leader uh diane wouldn't wouldn't enter a team for another sport if she didn't truly believe that they could play sure and i hope that that, that that's kind of books's um outlook on it that the books is for the institutions so the institutions will police themselves sure. um have teams folded yes have walkovers been conceded yes um have there being too many teams that we haven't been able to field referees. Yes. Um, is that worse than stopping young people playing the sport? Mm. No, in my opinion, it's not. Um, I think that there are systems and structures in place. For instance, in Division 1, to get promoted to the Premiership, you have to do well in the playoffs. Yeah. In Division 2, because there is a bigger variable... Uh, variation in the quality of the teams, you must win your own division and you kind of get out of your region by winning your division. And the playoffs is just for kind of glory and for points. Um, And and, and that's that's another thing that comes from books. So Division 1 and the Premiership, is uh, they're playing for a national championship at at two different years. Division 2, it's purely regional. And if you're the best team in your region and you win your league, you then go into the truly competitive format. Right. Um, but I wouldn't get hung up on the names. There, is, there are some fantastic programs that grow from Division 2 because it gives you that freedom to play more people, to play younger people. Yeah. Um, and an interesting one, newcomers to the... Uh, I think we're talking about them a bit more later, but newcomers to the Premiership North, Coventry Jets. For instance, two years ago, they won the Division 2 Bowl. Yeah. And then... They won the Division One Bowl the following year, mm-hmm. and now they're in the Premiership. Um, they got new uniforms. They built up their squad size to impressive numbers. They found some great athletes. They've got a good coaching staff. They put it all together, and they went on a two-league run. Um, I, I think that's possible with with athletic union support. An athletic union can just change its mind about American football. Mm-hmm. Can bring in some scholarship athletes. Can recruit some people, and um, can change its fortunes quite handily and and it'd be remiss of me to say that you know durham did that several years ago um 
was a popular there was a popular meme about the state of affairs at Durham um, ten years ago, which was fairly rude, but it you know it it motivated people and it drove people on, and, and actually Durham University decided to invest a bit more heavily in the program, and, and now they're one of the top programs. So it can it can change rapidly. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. The 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 good teams are good for a long time. Yeah. Um, the the teams that are competing against them, they can come and go. Um, teams like Greenwich in London a few years ago were, were incredible. Um, quite a few London Blitz players played for them, had a huge rise up to the top. Mm. Um, Kingston did something similar. Um, Coventry Jets have done it recently. Uh, Leeds. Beckett have come up and, and have won the national title last year. Yeah. There's been, you know, the, the landscape can shift quite quickly um, because I think the two biggest things that, that distinguish a good team in, in the uni ball is athletic union support um, and the quality and depth of the coaching staff because the players are supposed to be there for three years. Um, obviously, some people do masters, PhDs and are around longer, but in general, yeah. You're going to get a player for three years mm-hmm. in the senior league. If you find a young offensive lineman and he's local to the the area, and you know he wants to play for twelve years, you might not change your left or your right tackle for a decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one, you know. That's what you, that's, um, what, that's what you pray for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but in if you take a kid who's raw, who's eighteen years old, who has got all the athleticism but has never played before, and it's like, wow, I've been waiting for my opportunity to play. It might take them till Christmas to even have the skills and be safe to play. Sure. And then it might take them the rest of the season to, to start to win a starting spot. And now you've got two years left. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they might play up for one year and play amazingly. And then things like internships and Erasmus years and years in industry crop up and you lose them. Yeah. But then you gain them the following year. So there's a shift in landscape of players. Um and, and the support of the athletic unions and the coaching staffs um, tend to be where the long-term success comes from. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've, I've got a note here, obviously, that there are some teams that use the... Um, someone mentioned to me that US scholarships seems to be uh, something that is, is dotted around some, some, of the, some of the teams. Do you maybe want to talk about that a bit more? Yeah, so um, in the BAFA National Leagues, it's strictly amateur and in BAFA, um, it's strictly amateur overall. But yeah. one of the things that um, is allowed is in, in an amateur sport is academic scholarships. Um, so there are a lot of teams are looking at it now. There's four or five teams that are fairly consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Durham were the first one really to take it up on a big scale. I don't think they were the very first to do it. Um, but... They, they, they were doing it in basketball and they were doing it in lacrosse and they realised they could do it in American football. And now most of the top teams are looking at some sort of recruitment scholarship model. So um, Durham is well known for having Americans on NCAA scholarships. Um, Nottingham has started that last couple of years University of West England has started that and Leeds Beckett have started that so they're the big they're the big four on the NCAA scholarships with a lot of them or Derby Braves as well um, they had a bit of a dip last year because 
they didn't quite get the sort of cards in order for the scholarships, um, but I've got a feeling they'll be back fairly soon. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other teams you hear about are starting to look up one or two. There are teams like um, Birmingham and Hearts that have been historically um, very attractive to Great Britain under-19 players, um, receiving scholarships, but not massive ones. You Maybe £500 and free gym and a free tracksuit or whatever. Um, but but something, you know. Yeah. People are going out, they're having phone calls, they're seeing them play, they're submitting tape, yeah. and they're going after people now. Mm. And um, University of Stirling has had a fantastic success um, recruiting European athletes. They've had a lot of Spanish players, um, very notable Hungarian player. Um, they, they, they tend to go after Europeans largely because uh, Scottish University is free. Mm-hmm. And if it's free in the country you come from, it's free in Scotland. Yeah. So if it's free in Spain, it's free in Scotland. It's, mm. it's free in Hungary, it's free in Scotland. That, that's quite attractive. Mm. Um, so, so most of the premiership teams recruit. Um, at least half of them recruit Americans on scholarships and a few other teams have different ways and means of finding players. Sure. And, and so before before we uh, abs- do an absolute deep dive into uh, into Uniball, I suppose we'll bring it back just a little bit. But so just a, a note on obviously the, the, the driving of, of the recruitment. What do, is, for again, for someone that doesn't really know too much about Uniball, um, is, is the recruitment on and, and sourcing these these uh, better better players if you like do you, do you think that that's that's good for the uniball game that they are bringing these players to to their universities and obviously to, to study as well or do you, do you find that uh does it does it hinder the gb team uh, the gb lions at all uh, how, how what's the, di- the kind of dynamic on there does it help elevate their their game because they're playing with better players and uh therefore their their levels have to raise or do you find that obviously yeah years and years talking about of soccer that you know the premier league is full of, of foreign stars it's kind of hindered how the development of the of the english players is that is, does that relate to the the america football game here at uni um I, it's a massively interesting discussion and unfortunately you're probably talking to someone <laughs> who's uh, fairly biased okay. um but i'll acknowledge my bias and i'll say that in my perspective in 27 seasons in the sport playing summer and winter and coaching summer and winter um a hundred percent it improves the other players and uh, makes them better in the long run. Um, The very first thing it changed at Durham was the attitude to the weight room. Um, And when we see Great Britain play Germany, um, that's one area where potentially we lag behind. Um, We're we're, we're absolutely getting better, and our best 50 are getting pretty close. Mm -hmm. But our next 50, not so sure. 100 to 200 who are supposed to be fighting for jobs again it's not quite there so um working with with the guys who are going to two or three team snc sessions a week but also getting their own work in to top it up um their approach to turning up early and rolling out and stretching and raising the core body temperature so that they can hit the hour snc program at absolute full speed um, that was the that was the first change, um, but the, the, the in general and it's stereotypical and it is occasionally wrong and things. But in general, they play with great tempo, um, a little bit more pace, um, higher expectation, um, because 
it's been a way of life for them. They they went through the grind in middle school and high school and they earned scholarships and they've gone through college and they thought they were never going to play again. There's very few people in the States play adult American football. There are semi-pro leagues, yeah. but most people don't do them. Yeah. Um, there's 1,500 people in the NFL out of 300 million. Um, roughly the same in, in Canadian football, roughly the same in Arena League. It's It's a spec. Most people finish at the end of college. So you take some people who think they're never, ever going to play again and you give them a chance to earn a master's degree and you give them the chance to play again and to leave a legacy. And and to be honest, I would say well over 90% of the people that I've seen have been phenomenal people, um, phenomenal assets to the team and have improved the people around them. And actually, it's it'd be better to ask a, uh, a team perhaps perhaps an English player from Leeds Beckett because they've seen it in the last two years. Yep. They saw it before, they saw it after. Now, obviously, they've won a national championship, so they're probably going to be biased as well. Mm-hmm. But if you ask them about the culture and the weight room and, and the way they get after it, um, I think in general, most people who've seen it have seen the light. The other big thing I want to say to to the uni ball people that maybe think they're against it is... Um, Go and ask your athletic union, go and ask your vice chancellor to write a letter to books saying we do not want Americans in this league um, and, and see how that goes down. Almost every single university has a strategic level goal to get more international students through the doors. The fees are up to two and a half times higher. Yeah. Yep. Um, the diversity that they bring is huge. Um, the diversity in, in thought patterns and the way they think, the way they go about the work is huge, and it's so valuable. And if you go to most universities, they're the most diverse um, and interesting places in most towns and cities. And um, and, and and there's that aspect that, that kind of has to be respected as well, that universities absolutely want it to happen. Um, it happens in all sports, in university level. Um, we quite often, because senior league kind of came first and is the way the rules are written, yeah. we get used to that way of thinking. Um, but ultimately, athletic unions are putting a huge amount of money into all sports, particularly through the capital investment, um, safety equipment for players, uh, unbelievable AstroTurf facilities, unbelievable weight rooms, um, that the, the game would be worse off without the universities involved and broadening the diversity and range of global students at universities is, is always a key strategic goal. So I'm, I'm a big positive for it. I think we have to get over the hump and get to the stage where almost everybody is recruiting before we, we, we lose that sort of tension because I understand them the different if you if you've ground fears and I've seen some teams that don't have them um, a couple of years ago NTU Nottingham Trent University were in the Premiership and they went 0 and eight and they were the best team I've ever seen go 0 and eight they were a credit to the coach coach Giles is a wonderful coach the players were wonderful they were they came up and got about it they just fell short in almost every game. Yeah. Um, and it's it's heartbreaking for them. But I see Coach Giles at GB under-19s fixtures. 
I see him at, at different youth games and stuff, and I see that he's out there recruiting. He's just recruiting on a different level yeah. uh, and a different axis. Um, and the game is just going to keep getting bigger and better and faster and more recruits as the universities um, kind of one-up each other because universities, it's big business. Yeah, yeah, you know? they're, they're very frequently the largest employer in each town they're in. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're here to stay, mm-hmm. so... No, I mean, I, I can certainly see the viewpoint of you know if you've got a, if you've got a university that again are maybe are against bringing in uh, international say students, you know, you if you're pushing the bar, you're only going to get the bar so high. If you've got someone in, coming in from another country that's been been and done something, even if it's just something different, that bar is going to be raised. Um, and they say, especially in the rate rate room, like you say, once once someone comes in and pushes that that weight a, a bigger weight or pushes that bar higher, everyone else naturally then wants to compete with that because that's just generally what the university sports are, are, are like so yeah no I, I appreciate that standpoint i probably uh, agree with you on that one but uh, maybe we can deep dive uh, into that one on a, on a future on a future podcast awesome. let's, I'd, let's... I'd love to go into more detail with it I, I don't want to get bogged down with it on this first one yeah yeah um, the, the one message i would say is that very very few scholars ever have received like a full ride um most people are getting 20 30 40 percent off their fees mm-hmm. and actually most of the american scholars in this country are paying more than the average university person from the uk sure yeah, um, yeah. at durham our undergrad fee is nine thousand pounds and our postgrad fee is twenty four thousand pounds for an american yeah you're yeah. not 20 30 40 <laughs> off that yeah and this they're still paying the way they're not stealing from the british kids or anything like that it's still double they're what at- they're paying well it's still still double what we're paying yeah christ exactly yeah mm-hmm. it's it's still uh you know they're still contributing to the university as a whole mm-hmm. absolutely okay well let's bring it back to this weekend then uh, just before we do uh, i saw in the news somewhere is it is it the commentary jets have have been, <laughs> have been disqualified this year due to should we say just an incident with some fountains i mean flesh and fountains we've, we've all been there at yeah, university they've not, yeah. been, they've, not been dis- they've not been disqualified they've conceded a walk right okay uh, obviously that it will hurt them they've, they've lost the first game yeah uh, against Leeds this weekend mm-hmm. and um, when you concede a walk over you actually get like a negative loss yeah so Leeds are 1-0 and and in effect they're negative 1-1 one and one. Right. Um, in, in the university league we go on points so Leeds are sitting top of the premiership with two points earned and Coventry are bottom of the premiership with negative two points earned. Um, it's a points deduction. Okay. Um, right. In terms of their actual business, it's an internal university matter, and yeah. I don't really want to get into it. No. I believe they'll make a full recovery. Yeah. I have full faith that they're going to play. We didn't, we didn't mention it earlier, but I'm also the, the, the chairman for books, what's called a sports advisory group. So I chair a panel of university employees that advises books on the specifics of American football. Um, I believe that they're going to play Nottingham and continue the rest of the season. Sure. And it will be a big chip on the shoulder. Yeah. They do face an uphill battle, um, but it's uh, some young people have made a mistake. They've yeah. paid the price. Yeah. They're going to move on from it. Yeah, yeah no, we, we've, we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been yeah. there. In, in Brit ball in general, walkovers are seen as like the worst thing ever because... The game's precious. It costs so much money. There's so much at stake physically and mentally yeah. that the conceding fixtures is looked upon really poorly. I will say in, in the 54 sports that are in books, 
walkovers are much more common. Uni students are much less prepared. And actually, in, in American football, we've got a pretty good coaching setup in general. Um, and in basketball, in university, there's hardly any walkovers. And in rugby, there's hardly any walkovers. If you take a sport like baseball or you take a sport like Gaelic football, half the games are walkovers. Um, they're trying to get people to play sport. There's yeah. going to be those impacts later down the line. So it, it's not as unusual as we perhaps expect. Like forfeiting a premiership game in the senior league would cause absolute chaos and eruptions everywhere. But it's not quite as bad. It's kind of disappointing, but it, yeah. it won't be the last one this year. Let's just say that. Yeah, I mean, well, when you've got fifty-four buck sports as well, there's, you know, you're going to have an, a little order of priority, aren't you, as well? So, um, yeah, yeah those, those things. There's, happen. there's also like 120 full-time universities playing, and up to about 170 in total. Yeah. If you've got 54 sports and 170 unis, at yeah. least one of the buses is breaking down yeah. every week. Absolutely. You know, it's just, it's just happening. Yeah, no, uh, um, it, it happened with uh, Aberdeen and the, uh, the associate game I was talking about uh, last week as well, so the uh, the head coach got broken down. So, yeah, no, no it, these things happen. So, just hopefully commentary can, I say, take that bad, that, that mistake and turn it into something that gives them the, the kind of the, the, the focus for the rest of the season. So, hopefully uh, they can turn it around. Uh, we'll, we'll quickly run I'm not going to run through all the fixtures because we'd be uh, we need another separate podcast for that but just uh, a point John on uh, Nottingham and um, the uh, University of um, who is it? Uh, West England obviously they um, they're in partnership with uh, production companies uh, do you maybe just want to talk about those uh, those games and those those companies that do that and what they what that does to uh, to help the, the grow the game because obviously yeah BBC picked up some of the Britball stuff uh, towards the back end of what is it September now uh, but yeah, it's obviously vitally important to try and engage new audiences and play and, and players, I suppose, at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. It's huge. Um, it's, a, it's a commercial opportunity in the future. It's not quite ready there yet. But when you see things like the GFL and you see very good teams playing very good football um, with sponsorship on uniforms and almost every game streamed, you're realising that some of the large costs could potentially be covered in the future. Yeah. And, and and Knotts and University of West England have, have proven to be teams that um, go with changes, they adapt quickly, they've got fantastic coaching staffs and um, streaming's the next sort of threshold. In in, in Senior League last year, uh, it was Division 1 that was leading the way with the most streams. Um, Cheersmate did quite a few for um, Prem, but UKFL onside um, did a lot of Division One games, and um, it's really nice to see two of probably two of the preseason favourites, certainly in the group of favourites, um, being on TV in Week One. It's just fantastic for young people. Like, it's always an aspiration to go and play for a great football team. Yeah, but when you throw in the fact that you can also get a great education. Mm-hmm. Like and have a great football experience, and you're going to be streamed on TV. It's 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 fantastic. So big big hats off to both of them, um, both head coaches, uh, Jason Scott at Nottingham, and uh, Dan Mayer at University of West England are two fantastic coaches, hundred percent focused on 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 driving the sport forward, and um, the two huge games, um, Nottingham yet to win the national title versus Sterling um, with three of the last seven or so. 
not not last couple of years, but huge powerhouse. Um, starting to slow down a touch. Who knows? I don't. I don't want to give them too much bulletin board material. <laughs> uh, Nottingham eight and zero last year. Huge, um, huge favourites at the end of the regular season came a cropper to Hearts. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's a massive battle. Um, and then in the south, it might be even an even better battle because it's probably most people's predicted one and two. Um, University of West England won the division last year, and Hearts went to the national final. Mm-hmm. Um, Hearts, it's it's exciting. It's the first time there hasn't been Simon Hatcher on the sidelines in a long time. Simon's a great coach, decided to step down. Um, Jim Messenger's no longer there, so they've got a new coaching staff, maybe new ideas, new identity. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. And the University of West England, they sent a few shots around the league last year, huge squad size, um, great social media, um, American scholarships, and I believe, you know, I'm quite close, close to, to Coach Mayer, and I believe they're going to turn everything up to, if it was at nine last year, they're going to aim for ten this year. So um, two huge games, mm-hmm. um, excited to, to stream them, and, and they've, they've very kindly staggered them at 1pm and 3.30 as well. So good afternoon of football mm-hmm. on the cards. And um, one, one thing to note about the university game, we play 12-minute quarters. Oh, okay, yep. That's good. So, so we um, have a roughly two-hour, ten-minute, two-hour, fifteen-minute games. Make it a little bit quicker. Um, the idea is that potentially there could be younger bodies. That there could be, um, sure. you know, smaller squad sizes. Um, so yeah, we follow the sort of European IFAF model of twelve-minute uh, quarters, um, which kind of speeds everything up a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, those two those two streams are going to be four hours of anyone's time worth watching. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, head over to, to YouTube and say so we'll tweet those out uh, at FTMY Britball as well. We'll tweet those out the links so you can uh, do and watch that. Uh, just before we let you go, John, um, any maybe any teams under the radar maybe this year that to, to look out for? Obviously, we've we've pretty much gone through the whole catalogue of uh, <laughs> of teams uh, uni teams this year. But any maybe anyone to yeah. to kind of look I'm out for? Definitely for this bit, look outside the Premiership. I've talked about the Premiership a lot, and yeah. it, you know it's cutting edge competition up there, but. Um, I think Royal Holloway University down on the outskirts of London. Um, very interesting bit of sort of hype. Good, good coaches recruiting players. They're in Division One. Um, they're going to be trying to, you know, get going. Um, I think the Derby Brave story is going to be interesting. Losing finalists two years ago, relegated last year. Um, we saw what happened with Leicester Falcons at the start of the season with their scholarship players. Uh, those sort of six band players are supposed to be at the University of Derby this year, um, legally and officially starting the course. So I think they're the two Division One teams that are exciting um, will be um, Holloway and Derby Braves. I think I think the Derby Braves division, full stop, is just crazy. Um, Nottingham Trent already mentioned fantastic team Loughborough uh, multiple time national championship great coaching staff great history um, they're all in the same division um, so it's you know over half year games are played in a massively competitive nature and and teams like um, 
the, there's other teams in there as well that, that, that can compete. Mm-hmm. Um, down in Division 2, um, let's have a think. I think Sunderland's going to be interesting. Um, new head coach, uh, Connor Remington, is a hell of a player, uh, big boy. And in Division 2, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I think that both of the... So this is the first year we've ever had second teams allowed. So we've seen London Blitz B um, do a great job um, of furthering the game and allowing people to play. Yep. Well, we're seeing this year uh, the University of West England and the University of Nottingham enter second teams, yep. watching how their staff and their organisation deals with having two teams potentially on the same day will be super exciting. And I actually think both of those programmes will be very strong. Mm. Um, I think they'll both take the chance to play you know, maybe second string players in the second team as starters to build around to yep. give them some stability. Um, and I, th- I, th- I think that, that it could be interesting for everyone because, um, again, they'll be practicing with the first teams, utilising the great facilities, utilising the great coaching staffs. Um, so in Division 2, eyes on Nottingham, University of West England, Sunderland, yep. Um, yep. Yeah, there's, there's 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 almost always an exciting story in every division, mm. um, and it's, it's cheesy to say that, but that you know, I, I I know there's another game being streamed. Actually, I just I did see a Facebook update before. I believe UCLan, let me get this right. UCLan versus Sheffield Hallam is also going to be streamed. I don't know if it's with a production company or they're doing it themselves. Mm. I don't I don't know too many details, um, but definitely worth having a look into that as well. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, if we've got three games on, on, on the internet and uh, a, sto- a, a story in every division, I'd say get down. The, the, the standard is very good. A lot of people assume that it's just an age group. A lot of people think, oh, well, it's basically Brit Ball for 18 to 21-year-olds. It's just not. Mm. Um the youth and junior is having a bit of a rebound recently, but it's still not at the standard we want it to be. If you're thinking that the university game is halfway between senior league and junior football, you'd be completely and utterly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that most of the Prem teams would s- just about survive in the Prem. Um, I think they've nearly all got better quarterbacks. Um, Phoenix starting quarterback, uh, Cook, Fantastic player um, is a Division One quarterback in in Britball. Um, the, the quarterback play is outstanding, which leads to to more passing, which means leads to exciting games with these twelve minute quarters. Yep. Teams that can throw the ball. Um, there's quite a lot of things that are quite exciting, mm-hmm. um, and I think in, in uni ball, once you reach a certain level, you, you tend to see a lot more exciting de- defenses as well. Um, we get more practice time. We get more classroom time. We've got a captive audience. So we quite often have four or five sessions a week together, nice. which means that we get into a little bit more depth in the playbook. We've obviously got smart people. We're at university and um, we've got time together. So we, we tend to see a few more coverages get played, a few more um, tricks up the sleeve on offense. Mm. And, and the standard of the quarterback play is very high. So, um, if you if you've got a local team, please get down and support it. It would mean the world to them. Mm. And um, try and make sure you see at least one uh, game this year 
from one of the two premierships because I think you'd be pleasantly surprised at the standard. Yeah, I mean, two two things for me. You, you, you stole my words there. In, I was going to ask the question about um, you know going to support your local team. Are the, are the games generally free, or is there a small small? Well, is it as like far as I know, generally free? Um, universities tend to go for more of an event system. So, for instance, this weekend for Nottingham is something that they call headliners, and they have one in each sport. And American football just happens to be this weekend, and so it's a, I believe it's a ticketed event, and I believe it's sold out actually. So kudos to them. Um, I don't know if you can turn up, uh, tweet tweet the team and ask. I don't know. Um, generally, it's free. Um, there's always a big event on the calendar. If you're anywhere in the Midlands, um, Explosion is a huge event. Um, Birmingham Lions, they have a fireworks display. They have their amazing cheerleaders. They get food vans. There's often two to three thousand people there. Nice. Um, it's huge. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's probably bigger than Britball the last couple of years, mm. which is it's crazy, but it's as a one-off event, it's a whole load of fun. Yeah. Um, and so generally it's free. Um, if you run into one of these events, it might be a couple of pounds on the door, but sure. generally it's free. So it's certainly worth certainly worth the, uh, the the entry fee anyway. And then just finally, uh, John, you, meant, you mentioned obviously about the, the be interesting to see how the second teams do. Uh, you know, to bring it kind of back full circle, you you mentioned at the top of the podcast about saying you know the, the top fifty for the GB Lions is you know are there maybe the you know, the second the fifty aren't. I, I suppose the introduction of those second teams might might may allow one or two players to creep in that help that that second fifty or something like that as well. So uh, be interesting yeah, to see. Definitely. Potentially, yeah. I think that it's just important to get more people in the sport. When you when you yeah. raise the number, you have more chance of finding a gem. Mm. And Great Britain Lions need to find fifty gems. Yeah. And and yeah, they've got fifty right now, but they need to find the next fifty. And and actually, we played Sweden today, and we lost on the road. I think it was thirty four fourteen or something. Um, so so that, that that's a big shame. But there are quite a lot of university league players on there. Um, and a few people were just missing out on the cusp. Like I say, we've got yeah. young lads, captive audience, um, good weight room cultures, access to strength coaching as a team. So we're seeing quite a lot of athletic young people come out of universities and make a big impact. Um, I think both starting linebackers today were, were in that NTU team I talked about, Jack Rice and David Isian. Um Ash Hopkins is a long-term captain of Sterling, but I believe he's at University of West England this year. There are a lot that could go on. There's a lot of players in that GB squad that have come through the university game, yeah. uh, and long may it continue. Absolutely. Uh, like I say, the uh, the season is underway this weekend. Don't forget to check out those games, obviously, live on YouTube. I, say, well, I, believe, there's, I believe there's one result in. Yes. Somebody played today. Uh, yeah, uh, don't have it to my ha- to hand, unfortunately. I'm, I'm, I'll, go, I'll go back and edit that in. So, so that makes me makes me sound. Uh... Sabers versus something. Yeah. We're getting it bogged down. Yeah, no, we're tweet, we're tweet out, but yeah, we're we're tweet out the links too, so you can get to watch a bit of Uniball tomorrow on YouTube. And again, shout out to those those production teams there getting uh, getting involved and uh, promoting the game. Really appreciate that, John. Really appreciate your time coming on. No doubt we'll have you back on during the season as well. See how it's going. Again, maybe we'll uh, we'll deep dive into the uh, the, the debate around uh, international players. But that's for another time. Uh, you go and enjoy the rest of your Saturday evening, uh, and appreciate you you coming on. Cheers. Thank you very much, Tim. Many thanks to Coach Rooney there for his insight and your introduction to Uniball, which starts on Sunday, so make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that. Make sure you are subscribing to Onside Productions, Cheers Mate, and all the other production companies there looking to stream this uh, this coming season's games. 
Uh, we'll retweet those over on our Twitter at Full10Yards. Make sure you're giving us a follow. Tell a friend, share it out, share the love. We'll be bringing you content all through the season. If you're a player, coach, uh, want to come and talk about your team, your division, your journey, let us know. We'll have some written content throughout the season too over at Full10Yards.com. But that's going to do it for today's podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review wherever you find your podcast. We'll speak to you in the very near future. So in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.